we are accustomed to judge only by external appearances and by certain limited significances which we attach to words. But when we begin to inquire into the real meaning of our words and to analyse the causes which give rise to the appearances, we find our old notions gradually falling off from us until, at last, we wake up to the fact that we are living in an entirely different world to that we formerly recognised. The old limited mode of thought has imperceptibly slipped away, and we discover that we have stepped out into a new order of things where all is liberty and life. This is the work of an enlightened intelligence resulting from persistent determination to discover what truth really is, irrespective of any preconceived notions from whatever source derived. The determination to think honestly for ourselves instead of endeavouring to get our thinking done for us. Let us then commence by inquiring what we really mean by the livingness which we attribute to spirit and the deadness which we attribute to matter. At first, we may be disposed to say that livingness consists in the power of motion and deadness in its absence. But a little inquiry into the most recent researches of science will soon show us that this distinction does not go deep enough. It is now one of the fully established facts of physical science that no atom of what we call dead matter is without motion. On the table before me lies a solid lump of steel, but in the light of up-to-date science I know that the atoms of that seemingly inert mass are vibrating with the most intense energy, continually dashing hither and thither, impinging upon and rebounding from one another, or circling round like miniature solar systems, with a ceaseless rapidity whose complex activity is enough to bewilder the imagination. The mass, as a mass, may lie inert upon the table, but so far from being destitute of the element of motion, it is the abode of the never-tiring energy moving the particles with a swiftness to which the speed of an express train is as nothing. It is, therefore, not the mere fact of motion that is at the root of the distinction which we draw instinctively between spirit and matter. We must go deeper than that. The solution of the problem will never be found by comparing life with what we call deadness, and the reason for this will become apparent later on. But the true key is to be found by comparing one degree of livingness with another. There is, of course, one sense in which the quality of livingness does not admit of degrees. But there is another sense in which it is entirely a question of degree. We have no doubt as to the livingness of a plant, but we realise that it is something very different from the livingness of an animal. Again, what average boy would not prefer a fox terrier to a goldfish for a pet? Or, again, why is it that the boy himself is in advance upon the dog? The plant, the fish, the dog, and the boy are all equally alive. But there is a difference in the quality of their livingness about which no one can have any doubt, and no one would hesitate to say that this difference is in the degree of intelligence. In whatever way we turn the subject, we shall always find that what we call the livingness of any individual life is ultimately measured by its intelligence. It is a possession of greater intelligence that places the animal higher in the scale of being than the plant, 
the man higher than the animal, the intellectual man higher than the savage. The increased intelligence calls into activity modes of motion of a higher order corresponding to itself. The higher the intelligence, the more completely the mode of motion is under its control, and as we descend in the scale of intelligence, the descent is marked by a corresponding increase in automatic motion not subject to the control of a self-conscious intelligence. This descent is gradual from the expanded self-recognition of the highest human personality to that lowest order of visible forms which we speak of as things, and from which self-recognition is entirely absent. We see, then, that the livingness of life consists in intelligence. In other words, in the power of thought.